Well, welcome back to Signposts. Thank you for joining us in the second half hour of our show. This is one of your co-hosts, Andrew Boylan, and with my dad, Pastor William Boylan. We're talking about prayer today. We've been talking about prayer for a while. It's a big topic, covers a lot of ground, and we're trying to dive into it and get into the weeds a little, trying to understand how it is, we believe anyway, that God teaches us to pray the prayers that he wants, to ask for the things that he wants. And he guides us, and that's what we've been talking about today and what we're going to continue to talk about. Um, I want to take a moment to remind you that you're listening to Signposts, which is a ministry of myself, Andrew Boylan, and Pastor William Boylan. And uh, you can find out more about us at pastorboylan.com. And we've been talking about the Great Tribulation. We've been talking about a lot of things that weave in and out of these concepts, these ideas of prayer, these ideas of, of the hard work it takes to understand the gospel and how it plays out over the course of history and how God works in our lives to bring about the, what he wants. So I want to, I want to dive right back into that dad, where you left off at the break with this passage in John. Yeah. We're looking at John uh, chapter 14 and I was focusing our attention on the verses that follow well, verses 9 on through the 14th verse, but really at the end there where he says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Mm. And I was suggesting that uh, that's not the easiest uh, That's not the easiest offer or promise uh, to understand because mm. it's so easily, I think, I think, misunderstood. Mm. Uh, it does sound like you've, like Lord, you've handed the world over to me uh, on a silver platter, and I can just right. Uh, We're just giving carte blanche. Yeah, to ask for whatever we want. Absolutely. I want to be rich tomorrow. He's going to just pour wealth into my bank account, and I'll be doing great. And not only that, if he doesn't, he's in trouble. Right. Yeah, that he broke his <laughs> broke his promise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you wouldn't know it because, as I understand it, the minute God lies, the world disappears. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the Creator it depends on the veracity of God. Mm. It, if God ever breaks a promise, tells a lie, does anything evil, everything's gone. Mm. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> nothing's nothing's left, including God. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, no. So, but but this seems to be very important for Jesus to get across because he's telling it the last night. To his disciples, they're under a certain amount of tension, right? Because they don't know exactly what's going to happen later in the evening. They know it's going to be trouble, right? Jesus says that uh, he's not going to make it through the next morning. So I suppose in that kind of context, when he said that, they really listen, right? They really want to. They want to figure out what what are you really telling us, Lord? Right. So, so and that's what we're trying to figure. But he also seems to be frustrated that they've been spent the last three years with him and don't understand what his the central issues of his ministry are, and he's about to die. And he's like, okay, wait a minute, you've just spent three years with me, and you're asking me this question? Shouldn't you know this by now? Well, isn't that why he said earlier That's on? That's what I mean, uh, yeah. You know, Philip, how long have you known me? <laughs> you know, Exactly, uh, yeah. And, and you tell me, well, show me the Father? What do you mean? Haven't you been paying attention to who I am? I am the Father's image. Right. Yeah. If you look at me, you see the Father. I'm, yeah. We have the same mind, same heart, same purpose, same everything, except we're not the same person. 
Yeah. I'm a son. He's the father. But beyond that. But he's in me and I'm in him. Absolutely. And uh, what he wants, I want. And what I do, he does. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. I'm here. In fact, that's why I came. I came to show you the father. I, you know. Yeah. He's not that uh, stone statue. He's not that, that right you perform. He's not all the things that idolaters believe or think he is. Right. He's, he's, he's a person. Mm-hmm. And I'm a human being uh, in the image of God in perfection because, in fact, I am God in the flesh. I'm incarnate. Anyway. Right. So, and we're talking about prayer, and he's telling us, Lord is, the Lord himself is telling us that he will do whatever we ask in his name. Now, mm. we, we, we looked a little bit at that. Let's look a little deeper, Andrew, into this. For instance, what, do, what does it mean to do something in somebody's name in Bible times? Well, mm. In other words, what does, what does in my name really mean? What does it imply? Well, it really is the same thing as saying in accordance with my will. Uh, a person's name defines them. Uh, you think about the, you know, the Bible stories about people who've had changes of name. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when Jacob wrestles with the angel as he's on his way back to the whole promised land, uh, and he's got a lot on his heart and mind because he's got a brother that's ready to kill him for right. stealing his his, uh, his fortune for all that. Uh, we could call it that, but his uh, uh, stealing his birthright. Now he's uh, he's uh, in, in a position that uh, God has got him. Uh, in a wrestling match, mm-hmm. and uh, and Jacob is crisis ridden. He, he, he wants his blessing. Uh, he wants the blessing of God. He wants he wants things to go right in his life. All all that that might imply, and uh, he won't let the angel of the Lord go. And finally, the angel to free himself touches the strongest. I, I understand. Now I'm not a chiropractor or an osteopath, but I understand right there in the in the hip is one of the strongest areas in the body. Mm. And that's what he goes for. The angel takes his strength away mm. and leaves him at the mercy of God, which is more strength than he could have had anyway with a good hip. So he, he cripples him in a sense. Right. Yeah. And so Jacob walks with a limp all his life, but he's a different kind of man after that. And so they give him a different name. He's no longer Jacob. Right, the the cheetah, the swindler. Uh, he's now Israel. Right. He's now, no, he's not the heel grabber anymore. Right. That's right. No. He's not his brother by the heel trying to steal everything that belongs to him. Right. Yeah. He's now princely. He's a prince of God, Israel, right. and uh, so the name represents the person. It's right. it's a way of saying this is now who I am. When when uh, when Jesus called. Peter to follow him, he was Simon by Jonah. Simon, the son of Jonah. But then Jesus began to reveal things to Peter, and Peter believed them, and Peter followed. And and finally, Peter confessed the truth about Christ. And Jesus said, "Uh, now you're not going to be Simon by Jonah any longer. You're going to be Petrus, Peter, the rock. The rock. So so when you... uh, Read a passage like this, and right. it says, whatever you ask in my name, mm. Jesus is really saying, whatever you ask in accordance with who I am and what I came into the world to do. Mm. Ah, that throws a little light on this. Thing. It does. No, it's very interesting. I mean, Abram into Abraham, and Saul into Paul, and 
interesting. God gives them the name and it is, and then out of that speaks the, what God wants and what God sees as who you are. Yeah. And then you, it changes your countenance. Yeah. 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 He, 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 he opens up to a person through the name he gives them, the meaning they have for him, for God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's nothing more empowering I don't think that finding out why you exist, why were you created, what are you all about, mm-hmm. what what's God got in mind for you, mm. you know, what does He plan to do with your life? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so when Jesus says, "If you ask anything in my name," He might as well be saying, "Now, if you whatever you ask in accordance with who I am and what I came to Earth to do, I will do it." Mm. Now, now that. I say it changes the dynamic here because now instead of handing the world over to people and saying, what do you like? You know, how does this strike you? Again, good ideas. No, no, no. He's saying now you're now you're in step with reality. Mm. Uh, when Jesus when Jesus says, I am the truth, uh, he might as well be saying, I am reality. Mm. It wasn't that I tell the truth. I mean, that's true. But that's not the point. The point is, I am, well, uh, uh, tell you, the word in Greek, now let's have a little uh, session here on Greek. Mm-hmm. I, I, love, I love to know the background of words. They're so, uh, well, illuminating, of course, but they're so empowering in knowing. Okay, the Greek language has uh, as a function, at least the ancient Greek, the Koine Greek that the Bible is written in, uh, if you want to negate a word, you simply put an A in front of it. Mm. A in front of any word negates it. If you're a believer in God, you're a theist, and mm. you study theology. But if you don't believe in God, you're an atheist. Right. Okay? Yep. If you're knowledgeable, and you are a student, and you have a lot of uh, insight and knowledge, uh, you're agnostic. Mm. But if you don't know, you're an agnostic, mm. an agnostic. Yeah. So now there, there's a word for poison in the Greek language, mm. uh, and it has to do with something that would obviously kill you. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Lathia, I think, was the name of the poisonous river, but I won't want to be too, uh, probably, I hope, uh, find out who's listening, because you'll probably all correct me, and that would give, that would be good, because then we find out you're out there, and who you are. <laughs> no, but, uh, but, but I may be pronouncing it wrong, but, uh, but if it's not poisonous, it's Aletheia. Mm, and the Greek, and the Greek word for truth here is Aletheia. It's, it's uh, something more than just the fact that I've got the... The records. antidote to poison. No. Yeah. Interesting. It, Jesus is the one who removes the poison mm. from the light. Right. Truth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am I am the way... The truth and the, the life. truth. Yeah. The Aletheia. Yeah. If you want to follow somebody who really, you know, will give you all you want all the time because he'll change what you want. Mm. For all the time. Okay. Aletheia. Yeah. So anyway, uh, 
the trouble with expanding on things is sometimes you lose your own train of thought. <laughs> Isn't that so true? <laughs> but but no, no, we're talking about this matter of a promise that Jesus makes that if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Mm. And and what he's really saying is, uh, as you, he's really inviting you to know him better. I, th- I think that's how I see it. Mm. Uh, if you, the way to know my name is to become intimate with me, know, know my mind, know my heart, know what pleases me, know, know all of this. Mm. You know, and 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 if if you uh, ca- stay with me, follow me, walk with me, uh, take my words to heart, put them into practice, you, your life will change. You'll not be the same if you trust me. Mm. You'll become a new person, and what you will then experience is you want. You'll come to want what I want, and when you want what I want, I want you to want what I want and mm-hmm. therefore I will act on your words I will act on your requests because they're mine too I'm not violating myself I'm not doing something I don't want to do in fact it's just the opposite you you have come into a relationship with mm. me that has made you like me yeah, yeah. And, and so prayer that's really powerful is really based ultimately on faith Mm. it's faith that is this connecting tissue we have to get us close to the Lord and to get his heart as our own heart. Yeah. His mind. I mean, there's a reason Paul says, let the mind of Christ dwell in you richly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a profound verse. Yeah. So, uh, as we talk about prayer and begin to, you know, unpack these insights that really are included i mean uh, well now let's let's that's another sidetrack i started to say something about the 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 truth that he has packed into one or two words Mm. and i think that's what makes the bible so exciting uh when you when you begin to take it apart it just becomes more and more beautiful Mm-hmm. Uh, because God has chosen just the right word and put it in the right place at the right time, and you just feel right about it when you read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so, yeah. and and then the permission slip. The permission slip is that fourteenth verse. You may ask me for anything in my name. Mm. I don't restrict you at all. I want you to. I want you to have the. Can we call it the whole nine yards? However, you want to use the expression. I don't want anything withheld from you. You can ask me for anything that's my desire. Anything I desire, if you desire it, you can have it. Mm. Yeah. And as I understand it, it was a big deal for Jesus to walk out of his grave only being dead three days Mm. and never to be able to die again. Right. Absolutely. Right? He, He didn't walk out. And he didn't walk out with a with a shield or a gun. Uh, he didn't walk out uh, hoping that nobody else would catch up with him. He he walked out into a life that can never end now. Right. And and that's what he's saying to us. He's saying, uh, "You follow me, and you're going to walk out of your grave just like I walked out of mine." Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it's tremendous. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That changed the entire tide of history. The other side of what we've been talking about for really two days now, for two times together here, last Saturday and then this Saturday, uh, 
It, it is very interesting because there is another side to this. Uh, uh, some it's so easy to turn prayer into something mechanical. Mm. Yeah, as if it's as if it's a duty I owe God, and I, I, you know, if I miss my prayers in the morning, then I got troubles today. You know, mm. I, I'm going to be held accountable, and things aren't going to go right. And yeah. uh, uh, now, I I was in a sense inoculated against that. I don't give myself any credit. Uh, it was the way God originally approached me. It was the way he came to me. Uh, it couldn't have been more clear that if anybody was saved by grace, I was the one. Uh, it, uh, I, I knew full well that there wasn't a shred of evidence that God should ever have loved me. Mm. Uh, he, had, he had brought me to a place to show me myself, and I didn't like what I saw. Mm. And, uh, and then I was transformed and that was an act of his grace and when i came into this new life in christ the last thing i wanted was that old life mm -hmm. i didn't want it now that doesn't mean i didn't fall into it it doesn't mean i wasn't tempted it doesn't mean that i became perfect i don't want to leave that impression that's not true but when i did fall when i did fail i didn't like myself mm -hmm. i mean I, I i was on god's side can I put it that way? Hmm. When I sinned, I took God's side against myself. Yeah. And, and that's what repentance is, really. It's taking God's side against myself. Yeah. <laughs> and say, God, I, I know I did it, uh, and I don't excuse myself, but please forgive me. There's another part of me down deeper than what I did that I wish I'd never done it. You know? Right. And, and, I, and I need your forgiveness. So, what a, what, you know, if. It, this is not part of prayer directly, but uh, there's a passage that uh, I'd like to just uh, alert our listeners to. Uh, if you have some difficulties with your own faith and uh, you wonder where you stand with God because perhaps you've been tempted, you think, you know, you've thought you're a Christian, you've been walking, all of a sudden you've fallen into something you never thought you would. And maybe you got the feeling or had the feeling that, uh, oh, I've lost it all, you know. Uh, God must be disappointed in me, you know, mm. that type of thing. Uh, uh, and I, well, I, I just don't uh, think you have any reason. If you if you were a sincere follower of Jesus Christ, first of all, there's a, there's a guarantee God will not let you go. He, he, he when he when he does something, God does it forever, and he says, uh, "I will never leave you." I will never forsake you. Mm. There's no ifs and ands or buts attached. Uh, no, uh, you come to me and I will not cast you out. But that doesn't mean that we don't sin. Right. And it does mean, on the other hand, that if we say we don't sin, we make God a liar. Because mm. God says we do. Right. <laughs> right? And, and it's actually, uh, it's in John's first letter. We're reading John's gospel here about prayer and, and uh, asking whatever we will in his name. But John wrote a letter to one of the churches, the first letter he wrote. He said, if we say we have no sin, we make God a liar. Hmm. And the truth is not in us. Hmm. So what do we do about it then? I mean, we do sin. And hopefully we don't like the fact we do. Uh, but what do we do? Right. You know, what do we do if we find ourselves in that particular? He says, well, confess it. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Mm. Now, uh, let me, let me, since, by the way, 
if you confess your sin, you presumably have prayed. Mm. That's true. <laughs> Isn't that a part of prayer? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, who are you telling? Right, right. Yeah, you're not reminding yourself. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you tell God, aren't you in communication with him? Right, <laughs> absolutely. And don't we call communication with God prayer? Yep. <laughs> so we're still talking about prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, there's something I would like to point out in that. If you still say, "Well, Pastor, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't feel that way. I don't. I don't. You know, you don't know what I did. Yeah, uh, mm. uh, you don't know. We know it's true. I don't know. I know what I did. I know who I am. Uh, no, I don't know who you are. But I do know this. Mm-hmm. I do know what that verse says, and I do know that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit Himself. Mm. And He said, "If you confess your sin, He is faithful and just." Think about it. Stop with me. I'm really concerned right now for the person who's been listening to us and may for some reason disqualify themselves, saying, ah, but you don't know me. You're you're talking about a religious person. No, I'm not really. I'm talking about a a fellow sinner on the road to eternal life. I've already got it, but it's working out in me because of the grace of God. But anyway. But, so I, I do know what, uh, who, who you are, and I know what it's like to be you. But anyway, but what I'd like to point out to you, if you're listening to me and you are concerned, are those mm. words, faithful and just. Mm. God is faithful. When he says, I won't cast you out, he'll keep his word. God doesn't uh, lie. But the word just is very interesting. In other words, if God does not forgive a repentant sinner, Christian who falls mm. and confesses. He is breaking the law. Mm. He isn't just he isn't just doing something mean or bad or neglectful. He isn't just, you know, finding a way to get his pound of flesh. Mm. I mean, he, he isn't just doing something superficial. It's a better word. If God does not forgive a repentant sinner who confesses their sin, he is unjust. Mm. God is faithful and just. He is not unjust. Why can he say that? Because if you are in Jesus Christ, you are in Jesus Christ because Christ took your sins in himself and he paid the cost that they, you know, mm. the price that they would exact from a righteous, holy God, he paid that price. Yep. He suffered for you if you have trusted him. The evidence that he suffered for you is your trust. Right. Because that's what comes. And so if if God then does not forgive you, he has betrayed his son because his son paid for those sins. And now he's exacting the same price from you. Mm. And that's not just. No, definitely. Yeah. It's as if I... Uh, he went down to the uh, jail. Mm-hmm. Let's say you, Andrew, had gotten yourself in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I go down, and my my wife, who loves her son, says, "Oh, go bail him out." And uh, I go down, and uh, I come back without Andrew. And your mother says, "Where's Andrew? Did you pay the pay the fine?" I said, "Yeah, I paid the fine." Well, where's Andrew? I, he's still in jail. Well, that's not just. All right. <laughs> that's not that's not right. right. You paid the fi- you paid the fine. I don't care about. I mean, I care about Andrew. I don't care about Andrew now. The fine's the issue. He, he paid the fine. He's right. free. Yeah, 
when Christ paid for those sins, God has tied his hands. He cannot make you pay for them. Yeah. He'd be, uh, he'd be unjust. Wow. God is faithful and just. Absolutely. And he will forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And what did you do? You prayed. Yep. You confessed your sin. You spoke to God. You told him the truth. You Yep. Wow. Well, that's a great note to end on. As always, it just w- flies by. But I do want to take a moment just to thank you for joining us here in Signpost this week. On behalf of my dad, Pastor Boylan, and myself, Andrew Boylan, thank you for coming to Signpost. If you have some time this week, take a look at PastorBoylan.com and see, uh, find out more about Signpost Ministries. Also, if this is listener-supported radio, we're only here with the support of people like yourselves who listen from week to week. So we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to to hear what we had to say and have a nice day. Thank you.